Celebrations indeed. What a week it was. Uh, hello and welcome to the CPL Newsroom presented by our friends of Volkswagen. My name is Christian Jack. For the next 45 minutes or so, we will recap week 25 in the Canadian Premier League, the penultimate week as we head towards a fantastically exciting postseason. Uh, but we don't want to wish the regular season away too soon because it has been unprecedented in the history, the short history of this league. Just incredible incredible excitement from one game to the next what another week it was where a champion continued a pace like no other another team booked a playoff spot and the race for the fifth and final playoff spot took truly a dramatic turn we start this week with that game on sunday at york Leiden stadium where coming in only two games to play atletico ottawa held a very narrow one point advantage 33 points over york's 32 in the race for the fifth and final spot. Martin Nash's side had lost three straight at home on the bounce. Carlos Gonzalez's side, however, had also not been playing very well, having not won in six. For this, we bring in our very own Charlie O'Connor-Clark, who joined me on location for this clash. Charlie, it looked like a chess match heading with two teams, pretty much happy with nil-nil for a while, but the 2023 CPL season would not allow that. Yet more drama. What did you make of this one? It was, well, for 89 minutes, or I guess just over 88 minutes, it felt like, I mean, in, in many ways, it maybe did feel like the cup final kind of game that we had sort of built it to be. Uh, obviously, everybody loves the idea of a cup final, but a lot of them in this sport end up being kind of boring games sometimes with teams a little bit afraid to make a mistake and really come out of their shells. So there was a bit cagey at first. Ottawa in particular set up quite defensively in this game on the road at York, obviously they did have that one point advantage. So if they'd seen out the nil nil, they would have still been in the driver's seat for, uh, for the following week of the season, but they could have won the game and then they wouldn't have to worry about next week. <laughs> they could be already in the playoffs. So uh, it, it was kind of one of those games where it was always going to be just one moment. And, and I think York felt a little bit more, uh, they, they felt like they wanted that moment a little bit more than Ottawa did in the second half. Ottawa had their chances early on. There was that Zach Verhoeven chance that really was the one that they had, and that that could have changed everything. But in York in the second half, uh, wanted it more, and they, they found that moment. Kevin Dos Santos comes into the game quite late. He Around the hour mark, he changes it. This goal is, is obviously a fantastic little bit of skill, and he's been probably, in my opinion, York's most effective attacking player this year, so probably a fitting moment for him. And now... It's kind of crazy to think after York lost the first three games of this homestand, but they're in the driver's seat for a playoff spot next week. 
Yeah, pulls a nutmeg there on Diego Espejo too, which is never mm. an easy thing to do. Uh, you talked, to, you and I talked yesterday in our social hit about a, a team that needed that moment more than anybody else, uh, that, and they certainly did. A great crowd, by the way. Great to see mm. so many kids playing there in the in the uh, behind the goal there as well in the stands. A fantastic atmosphere on Sunday afternoon. The man who gave them that moment though is the aforementioned Kevin Dos Santos. Uh, what a great guy this guy is. You know, it's just sometimes people are just genuinely good people and you can see uh, he just radiates energy. Born in Lisbon, uh, family moved to the UK for a better life, spent a month, uh, spent six months in Edinburgh, and then we're in Leeds, went back to Portugal to carry on his love for football that was really generated by living in that football mad country uh, as well. Um, just a special guy, you no, know, Charlie, for him to be able to come out of this and, and, and get this moment. And you could just see afterwards that, uh, he just took all the hugs and the autograph, uh, autograph wishes and everybody just he, he was happy to stay out there for a long time and just uh, radiate that energy around people. Yeah, he's a, a fun guy to be around, certainly. Uh, I, I thought it was really funny when he scored the goal. He, for a very short second, is about to pull his shirt off, and then he decides not to, and then just runs into the huddle. I think it was earlier in the year when he scored a goal against Halifax that he did take his shirt off. Uh, but I think they ended up conceding an equalizer in that game. So maybe it was a, maybe he didn't want to jinx it. Um, yeah. Kevin DeSantos, so after the game, obviously, you know, if you score a goal like that, you have to do the post-match press conference. Um, and we waited for a while for him because uh, uh, kind of after Martin Nash had spoken and, and we were still sitting in the room, we were told uh, verbatim, we are waiting for Kevin to stop dancing so he can come upstairs. This was probably by then an hour after full time. Uh, and he had still just been clearly the life of the party for a York team that desperately, desperately needed those good vibes and they needed that that good moment. So it's uh, certainly a, a great player who's been fun to watch this year and, and the player is deserving of a moment like that. Yeah, very much deserving. You mentioned it there, waiting for the availability in the press conference. He'd already done an interview with Juan Soccer, and he joined us at campia.ca as well. Here's his interview after this one with Charlie. Charlie O'Connor-Clark alongside Kevin DeSantis of York United. Uh, post-game reaction brought to you by Allstate. Kevin, it looked like we were slated for a bit of a disappointing nil-nil here until you had other ideas come off the bench and score. For me, I think one of the biggest goals in this club's history to, to keep you guys afloat in the playoff race. What, what does that mean to you? Oh, I'm happy to hear that. that it's <laughs> one of the most important goals for us just to make into the playoff. I mean, it's an emotion I can't describe. Just scoring that goal and winning the, goal, winning the game for us, I'm just so happy for the team. Yeah, Yeah. We. I mean, we saw what it meant to all you guys with the, the celebration with the whole bench coming over. Uh, as it stands now, you guys had to win this game. Uh, you go into next weekend knowing that it's simple for you guys. If you win in Vancouver, you're in the playoffs. How big a performance and a result was that for you guys today? It's big, obviously, it's big, but again, we gotta go in Vancouver and win. It's not over yet yeah. if, if we not win, if we don't win there. So, I guess it's, it just puts us, give us more faith to go into the next game and win and make sure that we're actually in the playoffs. But yeah, we're ready. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about this game in particular because it was a tough one. The grind. You obviously come off the bench a little bit later. What did it look like from the bench? What were you expecting, and maybe what did you have in mind to try and change this game a little bit? Well, talking in the week, it's been a tough week just because. Um, the, the, the groin injury and um, not knowing if I was going to be on the bench or not but just watching the game and my teammates giving everything on the pitch just motivated us more to go inside and give everything for, for each other and luckily I scored a goal and yeah <laughs> just <laughs> makes our game. <laughs> 
Uh, just lastly, I mean, I know the last few weeks have been tough for you guys at home. How much does the mood maybe change on a dime here after the last three weeks oh, being disappointing? You amazing. guys are right back in and you control your own fate. Yeah, it changed everything. The mood in the chain is going to be way better. That winning feeling that we were missing, like because uh, the home games we had, we didn't win. So this is going to change everything for sure. The mood's going to be way better. Getting ready for the week for next week and for the next game. It will be a huge weekend next week. Uh, Kevin DeSantos, not for the first time this year, a hero for York United. Kevin, thanks so much. Congratulations. Football, right? I mean, you can see the emotions and the smiles on the coaches, the fans, the players. Uh, we've been there every week since then, and it's not been that way. You know, it's you know, very different, very contrasting different emotions uh, in September. And then the calendar flipped to October 1, and suddenly it was very different. Uh, so what does this mean for York United? It's simple. As Charlie mentioned, they go to Vancouver FC on Friday night in Langley, a victory, and they are in. Uh, but not yet, as Kevin Dos Santos reminded us, 27 games done, one more to go. That was certainly on the minds afterwards. Here's their head coach, Martin Nash. Yeah, it, it is a much better feeling, but, you know, the job's not done. Um, you know, we need a, a win to guarantee playoffs, right? So um, with us especially playing before them. So, you, you know... But today, I thought the performance was good. I thought we controlled possession quite well. We managed their counterattack quite well. They had a few moments in the first half. Of that second half, we did a better job of managing their counter. Um, but, uh, you know, they're not an easy team to break down. We had a couple good chances, you know, Austin getting in near the end. And, um, but it was nice to get that, that goal. And then, <laughs> you know, trying to see it out against a team that does have the ability to change on a dime. And, and they can be very dangerous in attack. So... Um, you know, proud of the performance the guys put in. They had to, um, you know, backs against the wall a little bit. And, you know, all to play for again next weekend. All to play for in a season of every game matters. It's simple. It's one more game, one more week. And uh, it continues as well. Let's get into this Atletico Ottawa story then, Charlie. Um, before we do, we should probably hear from Nate Ingham because that almost became a bigger story after the game than actually the performance on it. Uh Nate did not hold back after this one, their goalkeeper and obviously skipper of the team, a former York United player, and of course, one of the most experienced leaders in that dressing room. Um, pretty interesting press conference after this one. Here's what he had to say. Grow up. It's the first thing I said to the group locker room when I got in there, when everyone's got their heads hanging. I feel like we've been feeling sorry for ourselves for a month. We have no time for it. I'm just told them to pray whoever you believe in that we get Vancouver to do us a favor and we prepare this week like that's what's going to happen. And we show up and and we take care of business. I don't think at this point we deserve another opportunity. But if we're given it, I, I hope to God the locker room wakes up and and uh, we and we get it done because it feels like a lot of guys are in the wrong profession right now. If if uh, we can't turn things around, if we were a battle-tested team last year. We had a ton of experience, a ton of domestic experience. I cannot understate how important that is. We were on the right side of all these results last year. We're watching guys learn it firsthand right now and these lessons if anyone's gone through hardships in their life or in their career lessons take a minute they take time they take reflection can't do it on the fly and uh, we're witnessing what happens when you don't have an experienced locker room um, that being said we have a talented group and we're trying to figure out how to get it right for today which again is a failure on the leadership team we couldn't get this done and couldn't keep a clean sheet. That was our goal. And uh, we need to figure it out in a hurry for next week. So different ways to motivate the group, different ways to figure that out. And um, 
and that's what I'll be thinking about on the bus ride home and uh, preparing for next match so we don't concede late. I mean, it's a long list of things. Again, um, you know, a lot of people smarter than me trying to figure it out. Uh, it's no secret, we had a huge turnover. Um, and for, you know, we sold players, players moved on, we didn't retain some. Um, you know, there's reasons for all that. But, uh, you know, there's no excuses. We just, uh, the, the game doesn't care about you. The game's not fair. You don't deserve anything. Just because you did something last year doesn't mean you, you get to do it this year. You know, Forge makes it look a lot easier than it is. Um, and and we had we, we should learn from that. Just like no one cares that we won the league last year, no one cares that we finished fifth or sixth this year. Game doesn't care. Fans don't care. We just got to show up in preseason and be, be ready. But again, we have a week right now. It's going to be the best week of training of the year. I promise you that. And, and we're going to be ready to go at Forge. Fascinating stuff. Charlie, you were there. What were you thinking when you heard it? And uh, what do you think now? It was... Uh very refreshingly candid from a Canadian Premier League player in that kind of position. Um, obviously, those are those are the highlights of his comments. But Nate started this press conference with just the word sickening. He said he's been in this game for 10 years. He's never felt like this. And this is a club that obviously has had points ripped away from them in the final few moments five times now in the last, what, six weeks? Like, it is, it has been really, really grim for that club. And it's not surprising that uh, that is boiling over. It sounds, you know, they have a week left, but it almost sounds very defeated. And it, it yeah. sounded almost like the season was over for them. So it's a very difficult, it's a very difficult emotion to come back from to walk into Hamilton next week. And, and obviously it'll be all the credit in the world due to them if they do and things do go their way and they get, they do get into the playoffs. But at this point they no longer control their own fate. And that's, you know, maybe the, the worst feeling of all of them. You know, Otto have been pretty, you know, not safely, but they've been in a playoff spot for most of the season. And now at the very last moment, they're not. And in many ways, it's you know, through their own their own doing, being their own worst enemy and, and not coming out and playing in this game, not wanting, not, not really showing a lot of kind of attacking intent outside of a few transitional moments, right? So it's it's got to be a very disappointing moment. And I think Ingham is is right to call out you know, the, the performances and, and obviously he's taking some of that on himself and the other leaders in that group because there are there are experienced players in that group. Um, but it is, again, a younger group than it was last season. But as Nate said, it, it doesn't matter at all what they did last year or even what they did earlier in the season uh, because this is where they are right now. Yeah, the majority of people who take in this show, this podcast, uh, listen late, later on the audio. But if you are watching us live um, on the show right now and you are an Athletic Ottawa fan or a CPL fan and you've got any views, please put them in the comments. Be interested to hear what the uh, the locals think, in particular those who watched them closely. Because, again, the fans have been fantastic. Two bus loads again traveling, um, giving up 14, 15 hours days uh, on a Sunday to go and support their team. That's what football's all about. It's fantastic to see it in the Canadian Premier League. Uh, let's go back to York Lions Stadium get some more reaction uh here's head coach carlos gonzalez after their one no loss well my my emotions are uh normal of the the result that we've had in the in the last few minutes again a game that for me has been quite equal and has been solved in a in a detail of quality in the in the last minutes you know uh, probably we've had uh, chances to to score during the game but we didn't had the, the capacity to 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 put them inside the inside the net mainly in the first half I think that we had a couple of those that were 
were quite clear. And uh, yeah, it's a, a equal game that again is solved in the last minute by a detail and by a, a well a, a good action, individual action of the of the other team. He's not wrong in any of that, but I would just say that if I'm an athletes go out to a fan slash player. Why is it an equal game when you played a team that was as low on confidence as you could ever imagine? Three straight losses at home, couldn't get the ball against Valor, yet control the ball against your team. Why are they, Atletico Ottawa, with players on the, in the, on the pitch who are very good in, in, in possession, <clears throat> chasing shadows a lot of the game? Why are they not controlling the game in attack? Why are they waiting for a one or two chances to try and score a goal, Charlie? Yeah. Is that fair in, in, a, in a week where... Look, if a York win on Friday night, it, it becomes irrelevant anyway, eliminates them. But if York miss the chance to get the three points on Friday and they go to Hamilton on Saturday trying to win the game, is it the fact that we just were it's almost a miracle at this point because they're just not playing anywhere near the level that they need to be playing? They're really, really not. Uh even in, in this game, it felt like the only way they were going to win was one kind of magic moment, maybe probably a, a York mistake that puts the ball on somebody's foot in transition that scores them a goal. And that that really felt like the only way that they were likely to score for many stretches of this game. They had half as many final third entries as York. Right. Uh, which is is just not, I think, good enough. And especially if it's a game where you have an opportunity to you know firsthand kill off the team that's chasing you and put yourself in the playoffs. And you can do it yourself. It's in your own hands. And to come out like that and, and be flat and just play quite safe for large, large stretches football. I, it's, it's disappointing to me because they have to, again, go to Hamilton now to play a forge team that is not playing for nothing. They have a lot on the line. You guys are going to get into it later in the show. They have a lot on the line in that game. And we saw what forge did last week against Pacific when there was a lot on the line. Yeah. And they put in one of their top performances of the, of the year in many ways. So that is going to be a very, very difficult game for Ottawa and, and you know Ingham said earlier that this has to be their best week of training of the season and, and even that it still feels like it's a, a very very uphill battle and, and it might not be a battle at all if York win on Friday yeah it's an, it's been an interesting bookend of the season uh for Athletic Ottawa I remember they won one of their first seven games in their last seven games now they haven't won any um so that means for a large part of the season that's almost 50 percent of the season uh, they've been one of the worst teams in the Canadian Premier League in 2023 after a worst of first season in 2022, getting to the final, winning the regular season championship as well. Uh, so, look, um, I, I, I think it's, you know, they're a younger team. I get what Nate's saying, but for me, they are underperforming at the moment. There's another team that I'm going to get into later that are underperforming. Uh, sometimes in this league, you look at the you know, teams are who they are at certain points, but I still think there's an underperforming at the moment level for them. And look, maybe they got one more week to show what they can do and maybe they can get in. And if they get in, then the, the adage will be, you know, dangerous opponent all of a sudden. Yeah. So it, it can turn around. Uh, Charlie, as ever, thanks so much for everything you do. Keep up the great work and catch Charlie's stuff at campl.ca. Um, the picture is taken care of now in the battle for fifth, certainly on the show. One more week to go. A day earlier, though, a packed house in Halifax arrived in anticipation of a party, knowing if they avoided a loss against the mighty Forge, who they were unbeaten against in 2023, then they themselves would clinch a playoff spot. For this, we bring in our very own Mitchell Tinney, who was all over this one. Mitch, the Wanderers fans, went home happy after what was a sensational game of wide-open football. What did you make of it? Yeah, I think a great finale to what's really been an excellent and dramatic series this year between two sides who, 
you know, really love to play football, who are both going for the win in this match. And uh, as they have in all of the three previous meetings uh, and all four, I guess, this season, Halifax, they strike first almost immediately. Forge equalizes they have in all four meetings this season. Um, and then probably the one of the big talking points, which is a penalty that probably, well, wasn't a penalty in terms of uh, the, the lack of contact being made. Um, but, uh, you know, huge credit to Halifax, I think, who, you know, again, they've allowed Forge to score late in all three of the, the previous meetings. And this time they were able to, to hold on, um, I think, through a combination of really good defending, some miraculous saves from uh, Jan Filion, who is excellent. And, you know, I think we saw the the value of someone like Daniil Henry and, and how much that leadership means where, um, he comes on and, and, you know, it was a pretty heated end of the match. Every scrum, you see Daniil in there uh, breaking things up and Halifax able to keep your composure. And I think it says something about this group that, as you mentioned, all they had to do was not lose, but they really, really fought for, for a win here. Um, and, you know, that opens up some potential possibilities in the last weekend of moving even further up. But as it stands, uh, Halifax is headed to the playoffs and uh, they've secured a home playoff match as well. Yeah, they did not know that at that time, of course. And that obviously came from the other results on Sunday that they got the home playoff game. But every every credit, they qualify for the playoffs for the first time outside of the Allen Games tournament in 2020. Afterwards, here's a reaction of their head coach. Here's Patrice Geiser. You know, I try to look at things, Mitchell, uh, personally and obviously collectively for our team. Um, personally, for me, I guess, you know, we're, we're still looking to continue to do more and more. I think anytime you start to celebrate a task too much, it generally means you haven't achieved a lot. So I think the team has achieved a lot of things, reaching double-digit wins, and we've hit a lot of different strides. But for me, I'm collectively, I'm so proud of the group that they brought, and just seeing the fans and the atmosphere was phenomenal. And afterwards, you know, there's still people here right now, Mitchell, that are just going crazy. They're so excited with us uh, making the playoffs. So it, it's for sure amazing. I hope this is something that we can continue to grow. And, I think down based on the number you gave me, we have to try to project a higher number next year as we continue to grow and make this place a, a fortress. So um, it certainly was one of the number one things I talked about in everything, uh, gaining a massive amount of points at home and we achieved that. And I'm really proud of the group for continuing to believe in our plan and uh, bringing it forward. Every credit, it gets to 39 points. That's 10 more. Uh, than they did last season. Mitchell, as I said, the York win the next day secured Halifax a home playoff game. Um, you heard Patrice there talk about that was one of the priorities, again, to get that back to being a fortress. was certainly the case in 2021, not so in 2022, 2023, to another level. Nine wins, one draw, four losses. Um, I mean, that speaks for itself. 28 points right there at home out of their 39 is, is significant. Fair to say then, Mitch, that getting that home playoff game is probably the more, more important than anything else for this team right now. Oh, I think absolutely. I mean, uh, funny enough, the the one team, the only team they haven't beaten at home would be the team they'd play as things stand, uh, York United. But otherwise, they've beaten every other team in the CPL at home this season. And um, it, again, it's not just that uh, 28 points, which is up there for one of the best home seasons we've seen in this league. Um, you know, coming just short of that 30 that Patrice projected, but he joked after the match uh, with me that, you know, he's going to have to set it even higher next year um, as they look to continue to build this. But the way they've played as well, I mean, 25 goals scored at home, um, only uh, Cavalry, they scored 26 in, in their inaugural season and uh, Pacific scored 33 in a stunning 2021 at home. Mm -hmm. Um 
so it's the way they've played as well in terms of igniting that fan base and, and playing some exciting football. And yeah, I just think uh, this is a big moment for the club, for a club that uh, has a fan base that's just been waiting for something like this. Um, so yeah, it's going to be very exciting to, to see them play a home match and fully deserving of it. And they'll fancy themselves against anyone at home, I think. The games there are just fun, aren't they? I mean, it's not it's not just that they're winning. It, they're, and I know that people would just take that, particularly after the last couple of seasons of where they've come from. Um, but no one will no one will mind me saying this. At times, the last couple of seasons, it's been dour. It was in, in desperate need of freshness in all areas. They've got that, and with that, I think people thought, okay, I need some patience with this team. I think, you know, look, he, Patrice will never say this, but I think internally they've probably exceeded a lot of expectations, not necessarily in outcomes, but in delivery, in terms of the way they're playing, in terms of how wide open and fun these games are. You rarely get a dud at the Wanderers' grounds. No, and I think this will be a special moment uh, for them. Like, they'll have a game they can point to where it's an event, and we saw that last season and and what that meant to them to have Toronto FC come up in, in the Canadian Championship, and obviously uh, that was probably the highlight of, of an otherwise, uh, you know, maybe dour season, if, if you want to go with that word. Uh, but this is another thing where they could really, you know, continue to galvanize a community. Obviously we know they're trying to push for a permanent uh, stadium there right now. So this is a big moment they can point to in Halifax as, you know, a statement moment for the club to, to host a playoff game. So yeah, it's been very exciting there. The team's playing great football. And uh, I think like most other fans of the Canadian Premier League, I'm very excited to see what uh, a home playoff match at the Wanderers grounds will look like. Yeah. A- amen to that. We love all these teams equally, but you know, Every, you know, talking of love, Halifax loves their Wanderers. They just love them uh, and they deserve this moment and they're going to get it. And that's what playoff football is about. Uh, they deserve that home knockout game. They're going to have it. We still don't know. Amazingly, four games to go, one week to go, 108 games played of 112. We don't know who's finishing second. We don't know who's finishing third, fourth, fifth, or sixth. And Halifax can finish second, third, or fourth. So every every credit to them. Uh, what a forge, Mitch. What did you like about them? What went right? What went wrong? I said on the broadcast for One Soccer that I thought they played really well. Uh, and they've won games or certainly drawn games where they've played worse than that. Uh, it was a wide open game, maybe a little too wide open, but Wuben scored again. So, you know, other than the, the controversial decision, I don't think they would have had too many heads down as they get back on the flight back to Ontario. That was my thought. What did you think? No, I guess the controversial decision and the uh, the early goal they allowed probably as well. Um, something that they, you know, certainly want to clean up on. But uh, as we've seen them do the past couple of weeks, they responded to it incredibly well and were able to equalize fairly quickly thereafter. And yeah, I think there's a lot to really like about the way Forge are playing right now. You know, Benny Badibanga in that more free role uh, where he can drift centrally. And we saw that on the goal playing a, a lovely chipped cross. Uh, our, our lovely chip ball into the box to uh, Rezar Rama, who's another player who's really stepped up lately and, and been playing some some excellent football. Um, yeah, like you said, Pasillas is, is scoring as he does when he gets on these rolls. Uh, he's, he's one of the most unstoppable players in the CPL, and he always seems to, to find it this time of year too, which is exciting for them. And um, yeah, I think by and large, you know, you if you're them, you go into the final week, you control your destiny. You're playing at home against an Ottawa side who uh, hasn't beaten you yet this season um so i think that there's a, a lot to like in terms of forge's position right now and they they kind of 
you know, if, if this is them, you look more at the performance internally than you do at the results. And you say, you know, this is another one we can chalk on to a, a great run we're having right now. And we're, um, we're playing our best football uh, at the right time once again. So I think they'll be fully confident uh, going into the last week of the season and, and, and deserve to be. Yeah. And, and last one for you before I let you go, that, that's six goals now, right? For Passius in five games in the month of September. So look, I mean, that's a tremendous season that he's had uh, at second half of the season and goals come at the right time when it's dried up a little bit for Terran Campbell. Yeah, um, I think that's that's part of why we've seen Wubin's shift into, you know, them playing the dual number nines is, uh, you know, Campbell does a lot of good things off the ball, but when he's gone a little bit cold right now, I think it's 14 matches now um, that he has scored one against Valor, and otherwise it's just been goals against York, which has been a bit of a an issue for them for him this season in terms of, you know, he tends to score goals very much in bunches and then um, not in between, so... Yeah, I think that uh, obviously, you know, you want to have that one guy going into the playoffs you can just rely on to, to get that one goal and then maybe you get a goal from someone else. But having a, a focal point striker is, is always so important. And, you know, we've seen clubs who have struggled because they don't necessarily have that this year. So uh, Pacific, who I'm sure we'll get to, probably a, a, a key example, uh, maybe the example right now. So. Uh, yeah, it's so important to have to have Wubens rolling, and yeah, Golden Boot. You know, he's uh, he'll be right there. That's another race that's that's worth watching uh, as we get uh, to this final week. It's it's incredibly tight, and uh, Pasias will certainly um, be a be a leading candidate to to maybe wrap that up. Yeah, Pasias eleven, Taryn Campbell eleven, Maya Bevan. Uh, sorry, Pasias ten, Taryn Campbell ten, Maya Bevan ten, and Ollie Bassett eleven is the race for the Golden Boot. Uh, thanks, Mitch. We'll continue to follow all your work at Campia.ca, and we'll see you next week. That Forge last handed Pacific FC an opportunity to regain the coveted second place spot later on Saturday. The Tridents were visibly frustrated when losing last week prior, previously in the loss at Hamilton, but seven days later were suddenly handed this opportunity to regain it. All they had to do, and I say that all they had to do, was take care of business against their derby rivals, Vancouver FC, for which we bring in Alex Ganguruzic, who was there for us. AGR CPL 2023 once again had another plot twist, though, here, and another proper derby feel for this one. Saw Vancouver FC deliver a hammer blow to the playoff side. Again, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it was just a, first off, it was a great game. I uh, was very pleased to, to be in person for this one. Um, it was, you know, very cool, I think, to, to kind of return to where the season started for both of these teams and just seeing how far both teams have come, especially Vancouver, for them to, to really take it to Pacific on the road. Uh, and from there, Pacific, uh, Vancouver came out of the gates flying. Pacific had a bit of a, a good 10, first 10, 15 minutes. Cal Irving did help keep Vancouver in the game. And then Vancouver from minutes 15 uh, to 45, they controlled uh, play and it was it was especially interesting because heading into it I asked James Merriman about the importance of starting strong and uh, you know his team in that first half wasn't able to get that Vancouver goes up 2-0 but what was also an, an entertaining about that is you knew once uh, they got 2-0 that it was going to be a furious light push from Pacific they got their goal early in the second half and you kind of thought okay maybe the tide was turning and um, what was also then quite fascinating is that Vancouver did well to to show some maturity and hang on because from a, a moment there it looked like they were rocked and, and there was a moment that really stood out to me I think it was uh, Gabby Batari got on the ball he had a spell of possession he didn't turn it over he won a foul and then he kind of just took some seconds off the clock for his team to just look at each other be like look we're here we're up 2-1 it's a game we can win they regrouped and then from there uh, they, they they just seemed so much more calm for that last 30 minutes and then 
it's unfortunate you, you don't get to see an angle of it on the broadcast. Cal Irving may have made one of the saves of the year on Sean Young from the angle that we had that got them three points. So it was overall just a, a good team performance for, for Vancouver and uh, some more frustration for Pacific. Yeah, well, we'll get to Pacific in a second. The great point about Vancouver showing maturity. They've won a lot of games late, recently, five in the last eight. That's 15 points in the last eight games, by the way. Only Cavalry have been better since the end of July. Let that sink in for everybody listening for a second. The second best team uh, in the last two months in the CPL, Vancouver FC. But they showed different ways to win now. It wasn't like winning late. Uh, this time they didn't give away the lead like they've done quite a lot this season. They held on. Um, and pretty comfortable in the end. Deserved winners was the way to, to I, I think, the way to cap on this one. And let's listen to their head coach, Ashton Gottby, after this one. Me personally, I'm seeing it every day in training, so I'm not surprised. And I think this group is capable of, of, of outplaying uh, all the teams in the league and, and beat on any given day any team in the league at this moment. Uh, unfortunately, it's uh, uh, the points are already uh, uh, in the table and a little bit too late. But I, I think it's very encouraging to see how we've been able, in a very short time, how we've built such a beautiful team. And, and I'm really excited about our last game, and I'm excited about how we build this team even further next season. Sitting with Ashton Agotby after this was, was former Pacific FC player and standout performer in this one. Let's see from their goalkeeper. Here's Cal Irving. Today was going to be pretty much a direct um, show of how far we've come from the first game to the second last. And we just had a chance, you know, with no playoffs on the horizon for us, a chance to kind of, you know, show what, we, um, what we're about, what we've been working on, you know, the fact that we haven't wavered, we haven't given up, um, despite the fact that, you know, we easily could have, um, guys could have just started getting on each other, people could have just said, whatever, I don't want to be here, um, but I'm, in everyday training, guys aren't like that, guys are trying, I mean, we're showing up on the second last day of the season, when we're been mathematically out of the playoffs for a while, putting on a performance like that, it's it's it just shows the character of the players and the and, and the club as a whole and and what we're trying to build. So um, I couldn't be prouder of, of of the performance. Fantastic character, no doubt. Just four points back, by the way. Now of Let's Go Ottawa, let that sink in as well. <laughs> Vancouver FC, which is pretty incredible to think about. Uh, AGR, the winters are long, and the wait to have a new season comes and uh, for, for comes. For some time, will be a long wait for Vancouver FC and their players, but the winter will be a lot better now, and they have a lot to smile about now heading into 2024 with some key foundational pieces. Yeah, I think for the most part. I mean, Afshin Gopi has continued to joke that uh, he'd love another, even he says he'd love another season. I bet he'd love just another set of seven games to to see how high they could climb with the... Oh, uh, I think we lost AGR there for a second. Oh, oh, you're, you're back, my friend. Okay, weird. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I think Afshin uh, Gottby's been joking that he wants a whole other season to to get after it. I bet you'd, you'd give him just one more match day against every other team. They they could make a pretty good run. And I think, yeah, they've set a very good foundation because I think throughout this season, it's very been very important to remember that it's an expansion team, you know, especially maybe earlier in the year when the results weren't going the way you keep telling yourself it's an expansion team. Um, this is something where it, it takes time to gel. It, it, it takes time. To, to find these sorts of uh, chemistry, to find the roster. And I think the fact that they've really come together as quickly as they have, it's impressive, especially you, you see the ruthlessness they showed in midseason to cut out some of what they, they didn't like from their roster build. They could have had every excuse, like, ah, it's year one, whatever. We're, we're destined to finish eighth. We'll, we'll worry about next year. Next year, let's just finish out this year. No, they're like, we don't like what we have. Let's clean it out. Let's push. And that's exciting because I think, I'm, I, I want to see what they do now with this full offseason. You know 
what's what you like about this roster. You know what you maybe don't like about this roster. You know what you want to improve tactically. You know what you like about this team tactically. You've gone up against every team in the league and gotten points. You've shown that you can go up head-to-head with every team and play your way and, and for the most part, be able to, to compete. Uh, you've got some phenomenal players. I mean, Gabby Batar right now, I don't think there's many players in the CPL playing better than him. You have a goalie like Cal Irving that I'm sure a lot of teams would love to have uh, behind their back line. Uh, certainly the team he used to play for, um, I'd love to look like what, what he could have done for, for them this year. So, yeah, it's going to be a great offseason, I think, for them. It's something where if they can take this regroup, kind of attack it the way they did midseason, where they, they made those right surgical moves, added a bit of quality in the midfield, added a bit of quality to those areas that were exposing them early in the year, this team can definitely compete next year. The, the, the other thing it does to me is it enhances their reputation quicker. So for recruitment, that when you talk about adding more pieces, now suddenly people are looking, oh, I don't want to go to an expansion team. They, they, were, they were the worst team by a mile last year. Well, hold on a second. No, they, they, people who haven't watched the league, who are overseas players, will look and go, oh, they were pretty close to making the playoffs. Those who played in the league will know exactly how competitive the team's been. And they'll know just like us that they were one of the best teams in the league for the second half of the season. So they may not think twice now about getting recruited to Vancouver, where maybe in the past it was like, no, no, I don't want to go to a team that's not going to make the playoffs. Now you can build that genuinely, that that argument and, and, and case to say, no, you, you can come here. We, we, there's a lot to like about coming to Vancouver. We already know what the, it's great to live in the place. And now, AGR, as you know, it's the West Coast lifestyle. They're actually on the field. There's another, there's another, there's plenty of things to sell as well. No, for sure. And I think that that on-field product is is crucial, right? Because, I mean, the, the off-field's always going to be a plus, no doubt. I mean, I'm sure that's why they were able to get a pretty good roster from from year one of a lot of veterans. But now, especially the football side, is going to be very important because, yeah, I think it, 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 it can't be understated, especially because we haven't had much precedent. I was kind of thinking about this. The other seven te- well, the other six, six of the seven teams, their expansion year was together, so it's hard to really directly compare how an expansion season is supposed to go. From what we saw of Ottawa, we expected it to be pretty tough because the first two years they, they really struggled to, to get on the to on the board. So, yeah, I think teams like, oh, wait, this Vancouver team, like I'm sure a lot of fans as well, a lot of players just kind of parked. They were going to finish eighth. Like Valor's clinched last place. That's also a huge accomplishment. And the yeah. fact that, like you mentioned, they could finish within two points of Ottawa, two points of York, those teams that could be in the playoffs. No, it can't be understated how important these performances are because uh, especially, I mean, it's, again, the recruitment, like you say, you're looking at a team with Batar, with Irving, uh, with Chung, like the, with Diaz, uh, you know, when he gets his form back. Like that's also going to be a great recruitment sell for, for them next year as well. Yeah, exactly. The biggest, uh, that's the positive. The biggest 2023 story from the game, though, undoubtedly is Pacific, who again underperformed. One win, one draw, four losses at home in July, August, and September. Um, here is James Merriman, their head coach, um, on digging themselves in a hole after another poor start. First 10, 15 minutes I thought was good. We were there. We created good chances, two, three big saves from Callum. And then I don't know why we, we open up so much. I don't know why we lose our way. And uh, at home to the way that we defended, the way that the effort that we, we put behind the ball when we don't have the ball is not enough. Um, but I think the changes came in. And, and, you know, Easton gets a goal. We, we put pressure, put pressure, put pressure. It's a good response in the second half. Um, but it's, a, it's an unacceptable first half from us at home. 
unacceptable has been a, a, a much used voc- word in the vocabulary of James Merriman over the last few weeks. Uh, let's chat what's going wrong there, AGR. 18th time in 27 games this season where they've scored one goal or less. That's been a huge problem, by the way. Vancouver, for context, 19 out of 27. That's the difference. Um, the last three months in the 15 games, um, Pacific have picked up 15 points and only 19 goals during that time. And they can't find a settled front three. Here's the numbers. The starts uh, in those 15 games. Josh Hurd, 11 starts. He's got two goals. Adonijah Reed, 10 starts. He's got the two goals. Kikuta Mane, eight starts, no goals. Ayman Salouf, six starts, three goals. Uh, Gennaro Daniels, six starts. And he's got two goals in that run. And East Nangaro, four starts and just two goals. So he hasn't got a front three that he's no, that, that he that he can consistently find. We found another front three different this week. This is concerning. No, Aja, you've watched this team live a ton. What are your thoughts on them in general? And I know Manny Aparicio was hurt, and that's a big loss. But that front three, every week we seemingly don't know who's going to be playing and what they can do. Yeah, I think the the attack is a big issue. And it's, yeah, it must be tough for James Merriman because this team as well, it's just such a stati- statistical anomaly almost in the sense because I look as well at the numbers. I mean, we've watched them a lot. I've watched every game they've played this season, a good chunk of it live. They play well. You know, I'm looking at the, the advanced numbers because, you know, you always like to keep an eye on it. They have the highest expected points in the leagues. Mm-hmm. Really, it comes down to, I think, for me, it's details. And I think that's what has to be frustrating for Merriman because for overall, he's putting out a good tactical plan in terms of what they're supposed to do, what they're supposed to, you know, they're playing possession, and they just can't execute now. And I think the goals is an emblematic thing because, as he's mentioned before, as, you know, Phil DeSantos has told me many a time, as any coach with the, you know, offense that's underperforming will tell you, sometimes it comes down to execution. And, uh, yeah, I think the stats kind of speak for themselves. And we, we kind of talked about it earlier. Who's going to be that guy to step up for them in the key moments? Because as we've kind of seen with top teams, yeah, it's great to play well. It's great to have these stretches where you've got all the numbers in your favor, where you're looking, okay, maybe our performances are good. But at the end of the day, you need to execute, right? That's the difference between those in this sport and Pacific's not executing. And the question is, other than Manny Aparicio, who can you consistently rely on to, to, to step up in those moments, especially in terms of goals? Because, I mean, Adonai Jarid, uh, you know, he's, he's been playing well, but he, he's not, he's been asked to lead the line as a number nine. He's not scoring the goals consistently. Easton Ongaro has been better as a super sub. He's got five goals, but you'd like to, you'd like him to execute as a starter because most of them have come off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, Eamon Salouf just continues to be preferred as a super sub. That's a guy you'd love to dominate games from minute one and really ensure that you're not having these slow starts like Pacific. Uh, and, and I think that's just overall affected their psyche. I think you look at their first two goals that they gave up. The first one, they just gave away the ball to Vancouver. And if you're going to go in the playoffs and you're going to do that sort of stuff against Forge, against Cavalry, it's it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to go very far in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think it really comes down to execution. And I think those little moments are kind of creeping in other areas because earlier in the year, they weren't making turnovers like that. Earlier in the year, they were not having those sorts of moments defensively. And when you're not scoring goals, it kind of, I think psychologically as a team, it kind of puts you on pins and needles because you're like, oh, we're not like, okay, if we score early and we go on these four goal outbursts like they did against York, you'll be fine. But in every other game where you're not, the margins are right like this fine to win. Like it has to be 1-0. It has to be 2-1. And uh, sometimes that can put your team uh, on a razor's edge, especially early in the year where they're winning comfortably, winning for fun. Maybe that 
almost was had a negative effect on them in the sense where they got used to winning that way. And now where you have to, you come to this part of the season where it's again, like I mentioned, one goal games, you're looking across the league. There aren't many four nils right now, three ones. This no. is the two one season. This is one nil season. You need to be able to, to lock in and, and grit their teeth and Pacific haven't been able to do that in these key moments. The roller coaster team of the CPL, uh, no doubt. The real highs have been the high. I mean, you know, six three, four one batterings. They look, they've looked magnificent when they're playing at the style. You know, thirty minutes here, forty minutes there, uh, but the lows are really low uh, right now. They remain on forty points. They remain in third. Uh, they travel to Calgary on Saturday, knowing a win guarantees a top three spot. Could lead to second, depending on what else else happens elsewhere. Anything less, though, would see them finish third or even fourth. Yes, that's right. They could still finish fourth. They have not been outside the top three um, since week three of the season, and they're only there one week this year as well. So if they don't finish in the top three, that will be a major, major issue for them and a disaster to play that 4-5 knockout game as well. So they got to take care of business this weekend. Um, always take care of business for us is AGR. Appreciate your help, buddy. Continue the great work on OneSoccer and CampyL.ca, and we'll chat with you next week final week uh, final recap of the weekend takes us to calgary as the regular season champions return home on a wet night against Bala fc on friday night uh tommy wilden jr side have accomplished a lot of things this season but they did something they hadn't done before in 2023 so far by scoring the winner in the second half after going behind walter ponce made it two in six days for forge scoring in the first half uh great finish by him after an error at the back line by Calgary, by Cavalry. Not the first time they did that, by the way. I uh, got a little bit mixed up with the press. A little bit of an issue in that in the first half. And then it led to the the, the goal by Ponce on his left foot uh, to silence the crowd a little bit in the wet rain of uh, Calgary on the Friday night at 1-0. But Cavalry do what they always do. They find another gear. Uh, after Ponce made it 1-0, Cavalry rallied. And the outstanding Sergio Camargo, who's had a tremendous few weeks, was on the end of a fantastic ball by Ali Musi to make it 1-1. Another comfortable goal. And I think about the same time he scored in the 38th or 39th minute as he did at York United the week prior to that. And they would go on again to score another one. Gareth Smith-Doyle netted his first professional goal as Cavalry um, ensured that no team this season had a winning record against them to take more points. They've taken more points off every team this season than the, than they have been taken from themselves, aside from Atletico Ottawa, who shared six points with the Cavs this season. But every credit and congratulations to Gareth Smith-Doyle, who had a great game on the left wing-back slot and played on the left side a little bit, earning a spot in the team of the week this week as well, and a great finish for him past Ryan Yesley to secure the victory, and Cavalry continue to run forward. A professional performance from them, who have still now got more goals scored and the least conceded in the season so far with one game to go. Here, let's go back to Atco Field. Here is Tommy Willen Jr. We looked at it and we looked at our data points. Uh, the first 25 minutes, we were good. We probably should have been two or three up with um, the moments that we had. And then we give a goal away. And I'll take blame for that one because I want the boys to play. I, want them, I wanted to put them in a pressured situation. Are they brave enough to keep playing when it matters? And Marco and Cobza and Dan, they, they still were. And they didn't change after that. So... Um, after that, they reflected. It's it's something to you know. We, we scored uh, like the the goal Camargo scored was exceptional, and the goal Smith Doyle scored was exceptional. I just like us now to keep going and just turn the screw. But um, in a game like this, they could have actually just gone. Oh, we've already won the league. You know, this is just a, let's avoid tackles. Let's avoid getting too much. Let's just run around and get through it. They didn't. They kept going. 
found a way to win, and that's what's uh, special about this group. The loss from Valor coupled with Vancouver's win on Saturday means the Winnipeg side finished last this season. They do still have one game to go, though, and that is a big one at home to Halifax Wanderers on Friday night who have a lot to play for themselves, as we mentioned earlier in the show. That was certainly on the mind of their head coach, Flip Dos Santos, after the loss in Calgary. The same we've been uh, talking about since we we can no longer mathematically be, be in the playoffs. Um, the essence, there's a nature in us where, which is a competitive one. Um, doesn't matter what we play, where we play. I think that we always want to win. And you look at the game we played last week, the commitment of the guys today. Uh, you know this team, they're not going to just play that last game at home and not, not fully commit to it. So the message is to keep pushing. Um, we're in a process of... You know, a lot of answers are, are, or a lot of questions are being answered in a process where things are difficult. And I think that the biggest one is, is the, uh, the test that, that, you know, that, that the reality is that these moments test the character of the guys. And we get to see who we could count uh, with, even in the difficult moments. Certainly tough times a little bit in Winnipeg. And as you said, he can learn a lot from that moment. Philip DeSantos, let's take a look then at the standings. What does this mean in the league table? With one week to go, Calvary at the top, 52 points from 27. 10-point lead over Forge. Uh, in fact, there's a 10-point gap between one and two and only a nine-point gap between two and six. That says a lot about the dominance that Cavalry have had this year. Forge are second on 42 from 27. It is, in, it is in their hands. If they win next week, they get second place as they take on Atletico Ottawa. Pacific are third. They play on Sunday on Saturday as well in Calgary at the same time. We'll get to that in a second. Pacific on 40 points from 27. Halifax Wanderers also, much like the three teams above them, have booked a home playoff game uh, and a spot in the postseason, 39 points from 27. And right behind them, York have 35 from 27. Atletico Ottawa have 33 from 27. What's important there is also could be the goal difference. Because if York were to draw on Friday night, Atletico Ottawa would know that a win would equal them on wins, the first tiebreaker. And then they would have the advantage in goal difference, knowing a victory in Hamilton would be enough. What does that mean? York have to win the game to guarantee a spot on Friday night in the postseason. Let's take a look at the fixtures here on the newsroom show brought to you by Volkswagen. And you can see the season finale there is the games on Saturday are playing at the same time. That's right. The schedule change there happened and announced by the league on Monday. Starts with a doubleheader on Friday. All these games, of course, live on One Soccer, who we thank again for all of their highlights and the show. Uh, Friday night, 7.30 Eastern uh, 6.30 Central in Winnipeg and then into York United later on in the game. Uh, York United here in Vancouver and then Saturday, the doubleheader. That's right, the doubleheader. It takes place at 5 o'clock Eastern between Cavalry and Pacific and Forge versus Atletico Ottawa. We, we finished the game. We finished the season with a fantastic schedule. Doesn't get much better than that. One week to go and we still don't know, as I said, who's going to finish second, third, fourth, fifth and sixth. What a season. Week 25, though, well, that belonged to Halifax Wanderers. A year ago, they finished back-to-back -back seasons as the lowest scorers in the CPL and out of the postseason picture. What a difference a year makes. They are now in the playoffs, and they get to play a playoff game at home. We leave you with their goal-scoring hero, Dan Nimick, after another special day at the Wanderers grounds. Have a good week.
Obviously, we're playing in front of a sold-out crowd yet again uh, today. So, to do it in front of the fans, clinch that playoff spot in front in front of the fans is it's incredible, and it's the least we could do to repay them for the, the support they've given us this season. It's it's been amazing to play in front of them, and hopefully, uh, we can we can clinch fourth or above, so we can we can host a playoff game here in front of them.